We have no bumper material. No, that is true. Mike. Say something funny. Mike. Penis. No, it's going to have to be better than that. We're a very erudite and mature show. What's erudite mean? There we go. And welcome to World One Stage One. I am Simon. I am Troy. And I'm Mike, the new guy. <laughs> I was wondering what he'd say. I was really wondering. I was like, is he going to kind of just be like, I'm Mike? Or is it going to be a hello and wait for you to introduce him? I, I was like hoping it. for a Mike the Cool person. Mike the and cool a, and cool a young one. Podcast? Yeah. Yeah. You let us down, Mike. But. You're far too young to know what the Young Ones is, aren't you? I've got all of the Young Ones on DVD. No, no, you're far too young to know what the Young Ones is, aren't you, Michael? I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) You see, Mike is definitely the youngest member of our panel, and actually younger than some of the games we've talked about. He's a youth affairs correspondent, I think it's fair (laughs) to say. I hate you. What do do children (laughs) like these days, Mike? This will go on for I was going to say Teletubbies, but they don't like Teletubbies anymore. That's too old. No, 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 no. It's not didgeridoos. Dick and Dom. They like Dick and Dom. No, they don't. Are Dick and Dom still going? Yes. In the bungalow? Or are they out of the bungalow? They're out of the bungalow. Have they come out of the bungalow? (laughs) They're doing like a fantasy mystical adventure thing. It's really shit. Oh, is it? Oh. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) Well, you're here largely because, well, we know you and you like games and you were available. Yay. (laughs) Go all of those things. But no, it was um, a topic that came up on the forums that there are different generations of gamer, and I agree wholeheartedly. I am of a very much old school. We've talked about how my gaming history begins with the Sinclair ZX81. Uh, I I don't even know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, case case in point, really. Uh, Troy, we know you're a veteran of the console wars. That's sort of your era. I served. And this week we're talking about Halo, Combat Evolved. Xbox launch title, which I think is your generation of gaming, isn't it? It was my first console game. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Really? Really. Wow. Because my friend had a PlayStation, so I never bought one. I just went around to his and played his. It was my first game on the console that I owned. When when you purchased an Xbox or when you had, you know, you got Halo, did you then get into fights with your friend over the fact he owned a PlayStation? No. There's no dedication these days. No, the console wars are over. Yeah. It's all, it's all marketing now. Oh, now, between all of my friends who've got a PS3 and me with my Xbox 360, <laughs> we always fight. But back then, it was cool. It was an innocent time. <laughs> I, I find it very difficult to fight in the modern console wars because... You've got them all. Yes, they're all sat there. Because you're shit and I hate you. That's right. That's why I have all the consoles. You've yes. got three little avatars of business just going... <laughs> on your living room floor. I do a little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing at everything today. You are. Help. And that sleep is because you're sleep deprived. Which yes. Which is our favourite way to have you on this show. Or drunk. Or, or drunk, or both. Have you got anything in the house? Uh, yes, but it's good. You can't have it. Oh. <laughs> I was going to bring rum and then I decided, no. 
I I do have some rum brewed beer, but it That's... says drink before December two thousand nine on it. So ah, can't we? Don't don't do it. He'll drink it. I he will. will. <laughs> well, the thing the thing about it is, it's alcohol. What? Why is there a best before date? I don't know. Science will give the answers. Okay, I'm I'm inclined to let you actually. Yeah, so am I. I really want to see him do it. Yeah, all right. We're gonna. This is the eager face. Pause here, dear listeners, and what will follow is horrific. You will be witness to an experiment. He, like the time with the onion. You two are a match made in heaven. It contains rum. You contain rum. Welcome back. The experiment is about to begin. Now, we don't mean to encroach in the territory of any other podcast on the Simply Syndicated Network, but we thought we'd save the moment of the initial sip to be recorded. So, Troy, you're about to drink an innocent gun oak-aged beer brewed in a barrel that previously contained rum to give it that special flavour whose best before date is late 2009. I'm a big fan of, like, retroactive continuity and Doctor Who and stuff like that, so use-by dates are largely a guideline, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, it's even on the side of the bottle. It is. December 09. Oh, that's... That's discouraging. (laughs) It's formed in the glass. Don't drink after this time. Yep, they're they're actually very specific about this, so... I suppose a quality beer... um, Moving rapidly off topic, let's get this down. No, that's nice. Damn. That's still really nice. You couldn't replace it with cat ear. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Not immediately, I had no cat to hand. It's kind of a, you can definitely taste the rum when you've got the beer in your mouth. It's got quite a, quite a malty taste to it. But then on the way down, there's this, this really pleasant, warm sort of caramel aftertaste. It's re- that's really nice. I want it. Well, there's another three bottles. Gimme. Actually, I don't know. No, I'll be fine. <laughs> Come on, one of us is going to be present of mind for I've this podcast. I've got a podcast. babysit. I've got a babysit later. I can't. <laughs> the rum's for after the babysitting. Okay, so let's move swiftly on. Right. Because Halo, as you were saying, was your first console game, Mike. Yep. Which brings up immediately a point I just raised before we started recording, which is Halo was never originally destined for the consoles. No, it was on the Mac yep. until Microsoft bought Bungie. Indeed, because Bungie's past is actually as a Mac developer. I don't know if either of you have ever encountered Marathon. No. I'm familiar with Marathon, but mm. I've never actually played it nor kind of seen it in, in Go. Marathon is very much uh, the Macintosh platform's doom. It was the best and the brightest of the shoot 'em ups on the Mac platform, and its following was pretty fanatical. At the time, because let's face it, Mac gamers didn't have a lot to be fanatical about, so they tended to. They got that gem and they they clutched it. Yeah, you tended to cling hard to whatever you could. Mm-hmm. Now this was before I was a Mac user myself. So when in 1999, Steve Jobs presented the original trailer for Halo at MacWorld, I was kind of conflicted. Really? Conflicted. Go, go, this is 1999. You pointed out as kind of specifically, mm. this is when Halo was announced for the Mac. Yep. And what were the list of other games being released at the time? Oh, Descent 3, uh, Kingpin, Life of Crime, and Half-Life Opposing Forces. The original AVP. The original AVP, yep. So it's dated. And then along comes this video. And 
it was the little details that I was pointing out as we were watching it. Of there's the antenna on the back of the warthog that's whipping around in response to inertia. Yeah, uh, the fact that they do a little spin on one wheel as they bring the warthog to a halt in a mad skid. Like I say, now it still looks good. At the time I was eight, I had no idea this was happening. <laughs> I still like. Oh liked... God, you were eight. I was eight. Oh. I still liked trucks. <laughs> Trucks are awesome. But... Trucks are awesome. I still like trucks today. No, there's but... liking trucks and there's running around the front room with a truck. <laughs> I'm a truck. <laughs> you know what's tragic is we've dated the game, but we've also really dated Mike. So, I don't Shit, care. I feel old. Yeah, so our jokes about you being 12 are now coming to the fore when you say, I was eight. <laughs> well, I'm amazed because it looks so good. It has and... dated quite well, hasn't it? Not when you go back oh. and play it and you play through the trilogy and you oh, fuck, it actually doesn't look that pretty. I have a story about oh, that. But it's still a good game. Mm. But that's for later. It is still, uh, gameplay-wise, it is still great and that's why we're talking about it. Mm. Because it is a classic, bona fide. Oh, yeah. There's a reason things are labelled the Halo Killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first saw it on the Mac, I was mostly bothered because I was a PC gamer and I know Bungie... I was never going to be able to play this game. I was so depressed. I was like, I either buy a Mac or I just never play this game, which looks stunning. Because you have to set it in its time. I mean, we were saying Kingpin um, opposing forces were coming out at the same time. These are games where when you have an outside scene, what you have is an indoor scene where the roof and the outside walls are skyboxes. Yep. But it's still... You're contained within a box. And it was something that I think Bungie were playing on very deliberately in Halo. Halo's strength is its world. The ability to look up. Yeah, Yeah. which is why in that video it starts off indoors, in quite an enclosed space. And then the first thing you see Chief do is lead a couple of elites on a chase through this building's corridors. Out, a door, no loading screen, Mm -hmm. no transition between indoor section and outdoor section and the demonstrator was very keen to point out rendered in real time yep he just runs out into this vast open landscape which because it is a ring world because uh, <laughs> we haven't actually established that the halo of the halo games is a vast ring world which is a, a torus shape in the sky the interior of which is land around a star mm. so your landscape goes upward at the horizon, disappearing into a point. And you see this huge, huge land in front of you with rising and falling hills and water with the sunlight glistening off the waves. And it's it was unlike anything seen in games before. That's where it really stands up and makes you go, oh, fuck. Because the concept of Halo is also... Well, sorry, also, almost... It's reminiscent of quite hardcore sci-fi really isn't it it's a mixture of quite a few different hardcore sci-fis you've got Ringworld for a start Larry Niven's Ringworld is definitely an influence because it's about a Ringworld mm. and of course Ender's Game which I know you've read yep. uh, Orson Scott card the plot of which is almost exactly the creation of the Spartans that's um, how I actually got into Halo mm. I read the book before well I read uh, Fall of Reach before ever playing the game Really? Which is a surprisingly good book. Mm. When it comes to novels written as spin-offs from video games, Halo actually has some of the strongest. Oh, yeah. It's because it's such a big, interesting universe. 
which you, you can dive into. You don't necessarily get from the game, which is amazing. They they have it's set in an amazing universe that they've thought about very deeply, but it doesn't bend over backwards to demonstrate that. It doesn't put it in your face. No, it it does bother me when I look back at it now after having played the later ones. But when you're starting the amount of information it withholds and it could just <laughs> blow your mind away. Yep. And it's just, you're on a ship. Yeah. There's a thing over there. Go fight things. What the Pillar of Autumn things? is crashing. Wait, why? Why? <laughs> I, d- I don't know. Where am I? Wait, Cortana's talking about two, no, make that three Covenant ships destroyed on, on for what reason? Wait, who's Cortana? Wait, what? And it does make yeah. sense because Halo follows the Master Chief. Yep. Uh, later known as John, John One One Seven, who is a Spartan, and they are genetically engineered super soldiers. Oh wow! Okay, a shoot 'em up. Spasmarine, a genetically engineered super soldier in power armor. I've never seen that before. Well, that's true. However, it is kind of the pinnacle of that genre. Yep. No, I think Mike hit it with it's a reason why games are held up as the Halo killer because mm. it did. It was like Goldeneye, you know. It just blew everything else out of the water yeah. with gameplay, multiplayer, and just how it looked. Absolutely. And the start of the storyline is you wake up from stasis on board this ship, the Pillar of Autumn. You don't know why you're on an Earth ship, and it's on the run from something. Yeah. I think it's even mentioned that you're leaving Reach, isn't it? Nope. Is it not? Um, nope, maybe in the, orig- in the first cinematic it might have been... No, it just said that we blind jumped. It never mentions Reach. Yeah. No, okay. So it's like, how could they follow us? We were on a blind jump. Mm. Yep, it definitely mentions the Cole Protocol. I know that, yeah. but it doesn't yeah. tell you what it is. Because the, the Cole Protocol is awesome. Yeah, oh, it makes yeah. perfect sense. And you're being pursued by someone called the Covenant. And you have emerged out of this blind jump to discover Halo, a giant ring world hanging in space, covered by what appears to be an Earth, Earth-like atmosphere mm-hmm. and an Earth-like landscape. Very concerningly, you know, breathable air. Yes, almost exactly Earth-like. Yeah. Sort of exactly. within 99% tolerance Earth-like. Coincidence, eh? And the Pillar of Autumn is basically... Crashing. Dead. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a Hulk, it's crashing, it's going to come in on the surface of this ring world. So, down you go onto the planet's surface, evacuating the ship. And you're followed by the Covenant. Cue a ground war between you and an unknown alien menace, unknown to you, on the planetary surface of a bizarre entity in space. I don't know, you say, you say unknown, but kind of you spend a lot of time meeting them, up close, personal... You know, fisticuffs, shotgun. <laughs> well, you, but but you don't know who they are. You don't know their backstory. And why you as the player, you. it is not explained to you who they are. They are just there. It's not pretty much all the way through the game either, is it? Mm. We just know they are the bad guys. They're a very almost generic sort of sci-fi alien baddie. But huh, it it, it hadn't dawned on me that it wasn't really till Halo Two, or if you read the books, that you got any kind of information on who the covenant really were which to my mind says that bungie were following a uh, a model that was set out at the time you look at the shoot 'em ups of the time and largely the plot was starting to be relevant yeah. half-life had brought that in and halo 
certainly helped. But by and large, you didn't need a lot of a plot to run around in power armor shooting things. Once you've got the shotgun, you you don't you stop asking questions. Exactly. Shot. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Headshot. Thank you for that uh, stellar demonstration. <laughs> Quite you. And the game also becomes about exploration of the ring world itself, because mm-hmm. what the hell is this bizarre construction in space? Where did it come from? Why is it here? And why did we happen to arrive here? Yeah. Again, something that comes up a lot more in the novels is the explanation of why you blind jumped to Halo. It wasn't an accident. So Hana's, yeah, Cortana's a bitch. Speak up. Really. Speak well, up. Shut up. Smack <laughs> your bottom. Never. I might. You might. He really might. I would worry about that. He's done it before. <laughs> Have I? We've had this conversation before. Was I drunk the first time or the second time around? You've drunk pretty much every time. Yeah. But Halo, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so we have this character who is accompanied at all steps by Cortana. I hate Cortana. I love Cortana. Ah! I'm indifferent to Cortana. Cortana is the female, it has to be pointed out, AI construct who lives in your head. She's a noisy bitch! In the universe of Halo... Uh, ships have these AIs to help run them because it's a lot easier to have the computer do a lot of the work. But there is specific protocol in place that these AIs may not be allowed to fall into enemy hands. So she is entrusted to you before you leave the ship. And that means she links up with you, which, funnily enough, if you read the novels, is what she was destined to do anyway. If you play Reach, that's what she was destined to do anyway. Yep, And she totally fancies you. She totally does. Legitimately does, because one of the fascinating things about the Halo universe, AIs aren't entirely synthetic. They have to be modelled, essentially, on the neural network of a real person. They clone the brain, don't they? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And Cortana's brain is the doctor who was in charge of the Spartan program. Dr. Halsey? Uh, Yeah. Does that sound... Dr. Catherine Halsey, I think it is? Yeah, Halsey. And she totally fancied John. Bless. Because, I mean, she first met him when he were a little lad. Yeah, but she... it, wasn't, it wasn't an attraction. It was just he was always her favourite. Yeah. But in Cortana, it became an attraction, which is kind of creepy. Uh, there's a specific point in the novel where, because Cortana is based on Halsey, Halsey lets Cortana choose who is going to be her host. Yes. And Cortana goes, that one. Immediately goes, yep, him. And Halsey's like, oh, I'm not sure that's a good that's idea. It's going to be weird. But I did make a promise. So Cortana was always destined to be your companion, which I think adds more weight to the, the Gravemind storyline later on, but yeah. that's neither here nor there. What's relevant is that she becomes, through the game, and very interesting mechanically, she's the one who is giving you reports about what's going on, guiding you to your next objective, and becomes the expositionary yeah. voice for what this world is. But... Um, you know what every every Zelda player hates about Navi? And what's that? Well, she's this glowing blue tart. Also, you are just teasing Eri, who wants a Zelda episode. Well, I'm doing it. On, I'm not doing it on purpose. I know we're going to do a Zelda episode. Wait, there we go. Tease, tease. But specifically, she's a glowing blue tart who will not shut the noise up whenever the hell she's decided you need to know something. She's she's demeaning she insults you on more than one occasion 
And if she's ever got any feelings of, you know, superiority over you, she does not hesitate through her immense computational brain to go, actually, John, you're a bit dumb. I mean, at one point she calls you a barbarian, is it? Possibly. This is the, yeah, this is the woman sharing your brain, and you're a fucking seven-foot-tall killamajig in power armor. If I ever had the option of punch self in head, end it all, I would have done it just to finish that bitch off. Now, I'm not sure at what point you stopped talking about Navi and started talking about Gortana there. The but... same point! It's the same bitch! <laughs> I just love her. You do! She's got boobs and everything. Now, I have to say, I... You've got boobs and everything and I hate you. Oh. I was fine with Cortana in the first game. It made a lot of sense uh, to have someone take that role and I thought it was done quite elegantly. Uh, Halo 2... Uh, became a little bit kind of possibly annoying, but then fucked off for quite a bit of it. Yeah. And then Halo 3. Halo 3, she was the most annoying thing in the world. Yeah. Halo 3, she got jiggle physics. Well, that wasn't... I haven't even actually mm-hmm. met her again in Halo 3. No? No, because uh, no, I'm only playing through it now. But I've got to the point where randomly, seemingly, I know it's a scripted event... Suddenly your world slows down, dims out, and she's going to go, I'm going to do poetry at you. It's like, fuck off, Cortana. Now is not the time. Gravemind does it too. Mm. You're going to enjoy that level. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm actually at that level, which might be why I've stopped. You can't walk more than five metres without having a brain attack. That's probably why I've stopped playing, because I'm at that level, and I'm just really winding me up. I want to play through it again, but I know I'll have to do that, and I hate that level. But in the first game, she is an expositionary voice. She's and quite a useful plot tool. Yeah, hugely useful. And she's the one who's scanning all the covenant frequencies, so she tells you where they are, what to do, where to go. Message coming in for your chief. Passion it through. <laughs> Not quite like that. Almost. <laughs> almost, admittedly. Pelican 1. <laughs> of course, what we have to remember about Halo is it actually started... You're going for another beer. Okay, no, that's fine. Yeah. You go for another beer. You do that. I think the review of the beer is that it's quite good, good enough to have a second bottle. <laughs> Very nice. I'm not normally a huge beer person. No, but it's quite a nice beer. It really is. Sorry, it really is. Hmm. But as I was saying, we have to remember that Halo... I mean, it's it's a while ago now, so it's perhaps overlooked in the annals of history, but it actually started a lot of things that became quite significant. Regenerative shields, anyone? Yeah, that was brand new. Hang on, I, I'm genuinely trying to think of another game which did regenerative shields damage over time, and I keep thinking Call of Duty. But then Call of Duty's uh, original Halo Call clone. of Duty used health packs and stuff, wasn't it? It was really. Oh, so did Halo. Yeah, Halo was. Yeah. There were health packs which for is why your health. Shields itself it was. I'm specifically trying to think of another one. I, I can't. I think regenerative hmm. health. They brought shields. it in. Yeah. Cool. And whilst they didn't keep you in the game for the cinematics in the same way as Half-Life, they were all in-game engines, so it flowed very, very naturally. Always feels so much better in a game. Oh, absolutely. And what they would do, which I thought was wonderful, would they'd go from a cinematic straight to you dropping in a pelican, and you're sitting by the back door as it flies over a battlefield, watching oh, man. the yeah. battle unfold beneath you. Proper kind of Charlie Don't Surf. Moments. Absolutely. Um, but then it lands and seamlessly 
becomes your origin point for the level. Yep. And you just step out of the pelican and off you go. That's something I would, I would not now think of as significant, but looking back, no, Halo definitely did that first. Yep. And, well, to my mind anyway. And, and to mine. Uh, the only competitor in that regard would be Half-Life, yeah. which did come first, but it didn't have the same... There was no cinematic to gameplay, it was always Because just... they didn't do cinematics, they just did scripted events, which yeah. was great for immersiveness, but it gives Halo some kind of uh, grandeur yeah. to have the cinematic moments, but it still integrates perfectly with the gameplay. Hmm. I'm now thinking, because Opposing Force has kind of become the the point of reference in my head, hmm. but do you remember the opening of Opposing Force? I certainly do. You know, you're in the chopper, it's very much the kind of, you maggots are going to do la 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 and I'm now thinking back to the beach landing yeah. in Halo. You all know what I mean. Yep. <laughs> and it's just looking at those two in my head and going, Jesus. Yeah. That's where we were at the time. They're not really comparable, are they? No. Uh, Halo was groundbreaking. I don't think it gets a lot of credit for that either. Mm, which is why Microsoft were looking at this this huge threat of a proper AAA worldwide appeal video game on the Mac which threatens them both as mm. the PC gaming platform of choice right, and threatens the fact that they're now trying to introduce a console into a crowded marketplace and what was their launch title without Halo? They had, what, Project Gotham Racing? Yeah, there was um, nothing else. Project Gotham was okay. Was they, okay? Dead or Alive 3 was there and that was pretty good. I don't like the Dead or Alive games. I know you don't, but the, I fucking The love only them. reason that I got it was because it had Halo. Mm. Otherwise, yeah. I'd have had a PlayStation. Yeah, True well, story. Like the rest of the world. Yeah. Halo, <laughs> uh, it was... Specifically, it was Fall of Reach, the book itself, and Morrowind, which sold me an Xbox. Mm. And once I read Fall of Reach, it was like, holy shit, I need this game. So rather than just get the game on their platform, Microsoft chose to buy Bungie, the whole studio... Because that way they could shut do down the Mac. They they shut down the Mac release immediately and secured an incredible launch title for their game console. As a thought, do you think, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to put it past them that it was shut down the Mac because, yeah, that strikes me as a Microsoft sort of thing to do. Yeah. But do you not also think it was in some way driven by, look what Bungie's done, let's get them in-house? Mm, not so much. It was all about Halo as far as I can tell because... Yeah. Marathon had been around for ages and never generated that much um, press outside of the Macintosh. Right. Halo, on the other hand, that video that I showed you, the press release... Very impressive. Are you going to link that as like... That's a... going to be the, the video for this episode. Good, because so, I always love a good picture of Steve in his turtleneck. Absolutely. So <laughs> if you haven't Stevie. watched the YouTube video... <laughs> Stevie. I love Mike. For Why? listeners who are just grabbing this on iTunes, there's always a YouTube video associated with this at either world1stage1.com or simply syndicated.com. And if you haven't watched it this week, because they are largely just fun, watch it, because this is the 1999 Macworld announcement of Halo, and this is what we're referring to. Mm. That video went around the world. It was the gunshot heard around the world in gaming terms. It was astounding. And that, I think, is what made Microsoft go, we must buy this company. Mm. <laughs> it was Dalek Gates going, acquire! <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's not been a bad move for them. Hell no! <laughs> it's one of the best things they've ever done. 
Because, what, Halo 2's multiplayer servers were only recently shut down? I think it cemented mm. the Xbox. Mm. Without Halo, the Xbox's position, and indeed its reputation as a shooter fan's console of choice, yeah. I don't think we would have been looking at the same 360 lineup that we do now. Oh, God, no. Well, there wouldn't have been a 360. It's... It, it, in all of the reviews, do you reckon it, it would have been that significant? No, in in all of the reviews, it is it is the thing that saved the Xbox. Halo made the Xbox. There would not have been an Xbox. It was undoubtedly it was the killer app uh, for the Xbox when it launched. I'm not sure I'd go so far as to say the Xbox would have completely failed. Or well, maybe we don't know. But it was but what, it made, was what it. made it. What yeah. I would say is that it would have been a slow burn if mm. it had succeeded without Halo. It would have taken time to build up to a point where it was successful. Because if you take Halo out of the launch lineup, you had, like I said, DOA 3 uh, and Project Gotham Racing, amped freestyle snowboarding, which wasn't great, (laughs) and Fusion Frenzy, which was just a puzzle game. So it really didn't launch with much. What? What did any gamer go into their their game store and go, I like an Xbox and and snowboarding, yes, that's what will entertain me. (laughs) No, no, silly. Well done, Microsoft, from excellent acquisition. Yeah, and it's cemented the Xbox, as you said, is what made the Xbox. Mm. And Halo 2 made the Xbox. When you look at the big three and kind of the market share that each of these guys now share, Mm. to say that a single game really made the Xbox, that's incredible. That is significant in a very special way. It is absolutely significant. Well, if you look at the Halo series, every time a Halo game has come out, uh, I'm not sure about reaching ODST, but Halo 1 set records of sales every... It was every year it increased by a million. Yep. For the first three years. Halo 2 set records on the first day of release for greatest numbers ever. Yep, because I distinctly remember Fable was the fastest selling Xbox game of all time for about a day and then uh, (laughs) the Halo Halo game was released. (laughs) So, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Every single one has set records. Uh, Again, I'm not sure about the most recent ones, but I know Halo 3 did again. Yeah. I have no idea. I think Reach did as well, actually. Mm. But I don't know. Halo's, I mean, to go back and compare it to Call of Duty again, Call yeah. of Duty is a game which enjoys a great deal of kind of, you know, user support. You know, fans will buy it again, but there's a huge amount of media coverage as well. Yeah. They market the shit out of those games. Well, Microsoft can afford to put the average video game's overall budget into just the marketing alone, and they do. Exactly. Halo itself, not that much. Halo generates its own press. Halo 2, of course, we have to remember the um, actual reality. Was it, No, was that a 2 or 3? I Love Bees. I Love Bees. That was, was Halo two. 2, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I Love Bees, actual reality game. Uh, if you're not aware of it, they set up a load of fake... Well, they set up a fake website for a family-run uh, honey business in California. And then... <laughs> it sounds so <laughs> stupid. No, this was genius. And then they set up a fake blog for... Uh, the uh, 20-something daughter of this family who was going off to spend her gap year in China backpacking. And she had set up their website. This is the fiction of it. 
and it had gone down with some weird virus whilst she was in China and she was blogging desperately seeing, uh, asking, can someone help me out with this? I don't know what to do and I'm trying to help from a net cafe in China. Um, what the fuck's going on? And the more people dug into this virus attack, the more they found it had weird countdowns in, in the code and strange security codes and encoded messages, which when they were decoded turned out to be messages from a shipboard AI, not Cortana, but an equivalent thereof, talking about a Covenant virus. And for some reason, the virus had decided to attack this web server to get the message out. It was so surreal, and it turned into one of the biggest actual reality games of all time. And it drove Tycho mad. And me. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I was involved in the I Love Bees thing from very, very early on. Awesome. And it really did do my head in. Wait, what year did I Love Bees happen? Oh, that's a very good question. I I think you were crazy before I met you. (laughs) That's, yes. Just, you know, to our listeners who don't believe there was a time when Simon was sane, here's more proof. (laughs) 2004. Fantastic. Well, it was before 2004, because 2004 is when Halo 2 came out. And the game ran for like a year I before love then. I was huge build-up. It was. It was enormous. And this is the kind of marketing they do for Halo. I, uh, it was when they started getting into GPS coordinates being distributed through the website, and the GPS coordinates turned out to be phone booths and times. And people would turn up at those phone booths at those times, and the phone would ring. And there was a, a clip of a message. Yeah. And then they had to gather all the clips together. Oh, and my, my it told problem, a story. There's just one thing with getting... Because obviously, as I Love Bees gained momentum, yeah. and that kind of clever ARG, what happens when you get like three or four people all show up at this phone box looking at each other? Draws and you just fight. I don't know. Because sadly, all the phone booths were in America. Yeah, well. Because they suck. But marketing has never been a weakness of the Halo franchise. Well, it was based on the Halo one because it was they did Cortana letters. They sent mail from the Bungie for whatever I can't remember. Yes, and very to, significantly, do you remember to Marathon that contained Cortana referencing "This is how the world ends." Yeah, which became very key in Halo Three. Such a. Terrible marketing strategy. It works so well, and I hate them. <laughs> but do you? I mean, do you hate them because it worked so well as a marketing campaign, or do you hate it because you? I, I hate them so compelling. I hate them because it makes me spend money I don't have on games. Would you have? But no, no, no. You played the first one. Would you have wanted? Would you have wanted to play Halo Two based on the fact that Halo was a really great game? Yeah, I did. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The the ARG seemed largely unnecessary. It, almost like a treat to mm. uh, you know, really dedicated fans. Well, I, I do believe that at least part of it was them... Developing a video game is hard, right. and it takes a long time, and the last year is the worst. When you hit crunch time, which is that time when you literally have a chart up on the wall that has the number of bugs discovered in a day and the number of bugs fixed. And if your number of bugs fixed is not bigger than the number of bugs discovered then you're slipping away from deadline. A random three cubicle monkeys will be exterminated every 30 minutes. It's, it's a tough time to be in a games company. 
I know I've lived through it. It's why I'm not in that industry anymore. It's a really tough time to be in that industry. So you really need something to make you smile. I, if, I would perfectly understand if I Love Bees was nothing more than that. Because I, I Love Bees was always going to be something that appealed to guys who were invested in it anyway. Yeah. It's, it's not... It's lore and mythos is what it is. Exactly. And that's, that's my favourite thing about Halo. Mm. Is the fact that here is a game which... Appe- I mean, Halo 2, let's be fair, the average... Yeah, it's got a reputation as the dumb jock shooter game. Teabagging and the like. There we go. Yep. Holy yeah. shit, Halo's got plot. Yeah. And we've said it already, but damn, there's Complex so much plot in, explored in several novels, and it's really compelling, very well written, yep. extremely deep. It involves religion, it involves ancient races, it involves genetic propagation throughout the galaxy. It's astounding, and it is... You remember, uh, actually, in the Star Trek episode, to reference how you mentioned being part of something that not everybody else got. The final unity thing, yeah. There we go. Yeah. And when, when you know that little bit more about something that is said in a game or something that happens, you know why, specifically. It's not just mm. given to you and as an event. You Reading the, the Halo novels is very much the same thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there's also graphic novels that are very worth reading. I realize we've, got on, we, we've, mm. we've talked about Halo now. We've gone on a massive tangent about... I love bees and marketing. Where hmm. were we? Well, I was just going to come to because we had been talking about the innovations, right. of Halo, the actual game, the groundbreaking itself. amazingness. Yeah, and what I was going to say is, lest we forget the reason we've talked about the reasons it was great. Now let's talk about the reason it was successful. Multiplayer. Ha <laughs> ha. Again, remind me of that story. Which one? The, the story I'm going to tell you later. Okay. It's it's not the time for it now. Okay, is it not the time yet? It's not the time it's not for the it time now. Yet. This is definitely a kind of a, a closing down the show. We've spoken about why Halo's amazing. <laughs> Remind me of the story. Will do. But this is where comparisons to Goldeneye are extremely valid. I, yeah, it it's is. a groundbreaking shooter. It redefined what a shooter should be on a console. It defined the identity of the console it was on. And it became such a legend because of its multiplayer. Yep. Which game am I describing there? It's both of them. It, yeah. Halo's multiplayer was phenomenal. The maps were perfect. I, I love, I believe in Reach they've brought back Blood Gulch. Blood Gulch? Yes. Chin chin. Well, Which, it's not brought back. They made a huge map that has, that Blood, has Gulch Blood Gulch within it. it. Yes, I remember seeing the video no. expanding out from Blood Gulch. Oh, but it's, it's got none of the buildings in it it's just mm. the blood gulch yeah area the so blood gulch territory your... is there well, and then it is surrounded by more level it really is quite phenomenal i really want to talk about reach now but i'm gonna <laughs> not but you need to get it you need to get your xbox fixed and you need to get it because it's awesome well pre uh yeah it, it, it's not really relevant but i will tell you stories about it later okay i'll get an xbox that's great yeah so the multiplayer it was what I loved about the multiplayer was was so many things, but let's start with <laughs> it's one of the greatest starting weapons in multiplayer. Yep, the pistol. Because it the was fact the best is, gun in the game. it rewards skill. Here we go. If you run and gun with it, you're not going to do very well. It's a starting pistol, but it has a scope on, and if you snipe, a headshot is a headshot. Mm-hmm. So you can be at a very effective killing machine with the starting pistol if you play it skillfully. How we always played. 
with um, it was one of the fun things. Ah, that was one of the great things about Halo as well. The fact the that you could customize to... how you were playing, exactly yeah. what vehicles were available, what weapons were available, what power ups are available in your game. And our favorite way to play was always damage resistance over the body, mm-hmm. but weak heads. Yep, no shields, and a headshot was a headshot, like you say. Yeah. We, we tended to play very realistic. Well, realistically. You know, power armored alien <laughs> space marines and space within that within universe, the universe. If you tag somebody in the face, yep. they're going to go down like a sack of shit. Yes, and it was kind of like Unreal Tournament's mutators in that regard was that you could set it up yes. exactly how you wanted to play, and then play. And it was easy. It was so intuitive. That was another thing mm. about it. It mm. was like going on Goldeneye and setting slappers only. Yes, it was easy to set up. It was yeah. yeah. And it was just so much fun, whether you were a sniper or whether you just like running people over, which was always my thing. (laughs) (laughs) I can make a warthog dance. As can I. What annoyed me with the running people over was that the game doesn't know how fast the vehicle's moving. Yeah. Just even if you're going slow, if you touch the vehicle, you die. Yep. It's beautiful. What's what's the last thing you hear? Mike, can, can... Can you make the noise that a, a warthog makes? No. Oh, come on. What noise are you talking about? Come there's on. Lo- it makes lots of noise. Say, say there's a complete wanker behind the wheel. What noise <laughs> does a warthog make just before it kills you? Beep beep. I'd go <laughs> more kind of... <laughs> meh, meh. But yeah, beep beep works. Beep beep. Oh. <laughs> yeah. beep, beep. That, that's me. I like beep beep. Because uh, still my favourite kill in all of Halo multiplayer was on Blood Gulch. Uh, my, my opponent, a notorious sniper. Ah, those running along the Your ramparts uh, of the, the the two little cliff edges along the edge of Blood Gulch. Oh. Interesting um, place to play. We, we, you were playing teams, yeah? Yeah. What colour was he? Uh, he was blue. Brave man. Brave man, I know. But um, largely this was in a game where most people stuck at eyeline. Okay. They were idiots. Okay. He was also, you know that bit where there's outer covering? Mm. Yeah. He was lurking in there in the shadows. Right. So he was quite well covered. And he was doing extremely well. All right. And I went, I'm going to run him over. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew that if he heard the oncoming engine of a warthog, he would assume it was down there. Down there right. Yeah. Not on Up level there. with him. With you two wheels. bastard. With two wheels on the track yep. and two wheels on the cliff wall. Hugging desperately <laughs> to the incline. Hugging what... desperately to the incline. Tearing towards him. And then, of course, the last thing he heard. <laughs> can I, can I share my favourite Blood Gulch moment? Sure, go, I feel go this ahead. this is the appropriate time for it. Right. I don't mean to boast. I do, actually. But uh, one of the gentlemen I used to work for, and it was quite a good friend of mine, Paul, uh, we're both very good Halo players. And our LAN parties generally featured Paul and I versus about five or six other players yeah. Yeah, who we knew. And one day we decided to play Capture the Flag on Blood Gulch. Mm. Now, you know, one man defending, one man attacking. Yeah. That's impossible odds. <laughs> Till we decided not to defend. And he jumped into the Banshee, the flying uh, unit, yep. which I don't think we've touched on, but there we hit. He went tooling up into the sky and effectively disappeared off everybody else's attention span. Mm. Although you have just reminded me we really need to raise. This was one of the first shoot 'em ups with that level Full of controllable 3D. vehicles. There we go. And some mm. of them flew. Yeah. It wasn't just drivable vehicles. It was 
a complete world you can move around. Yeah. There was no limit. I've just remembered that the equivalent in the Half-Life engine was a funk train object, which is something that's on, on a rail. Yep. And you can press a button to make it go forward or backward on that rail, but you've got no control. Holy you shit, You no. speed. Mm. When that is true. came around, that, that is a true. speed function. Uh, but that is as close as we were to controllable vehicles, whereas Halo had full physics modelled mm-hmm. independent suspension on the Warthog and flying on the Covenant vehicles. That yeah, that was a, another huge technical advancement in Halo. Shit, yeah. No, technical advancement Halo. and tactical advantage. And tactical advantage, yes, as <laughs> you will it. now tell us. Yep, Paul went rocketing over the, uh, we were blue, yeah, over the red base. Yep. And proceeded to hover there and went, get in the tank. <laughs> so I got in the Scorpion. I drove to the center of the map, just beneath the incline where the road curves. Oh, you all know what oh, I'm yeah. talking about, oh, yeah. listeners. And I was hull down. And I proceeded to go, oh, right. And basic. I mean, to be fair, I was being a total chode and I was spawn <laughs> camping. Two against six, I think it's applicable. <laughs> Paul jumps out of the Banshee, plummets the distance, <laughs> right down, straight through the open gap in the ceiling. Well, that's the quickest way. To <laughs> pick up the flag and comes charging out, going... Right, that's, that's, that's probably going to need to be like leveled somehow. Yeah, I've really allowed it, sorry. We're <laughs> monitoring that. And he came charging out the building, just going, Hit them around me! Hit them around me! So I switched to my coax gun around Paul, because we had friendly fire on. That was how we rolled. Around Paul. He jumped onto the ghost and started screaming towards our base <laughs> and uttered the immortal line. Just keep them off me for a few seconds. <laughs> we scored, we won. That's fantastic. That's my favorite Halo memory. You see, the reason I was always driving the vehicles in multiplayer is I'm not that good at console shooters, but I can make a Warthog dance. So, hey, if you need a lift to the enemy base. I've seen you drive. <laughs> you grok physics engines. Oh, yeah. And when you know how the physics engine relates to the vehicle, yep. I've seen you do amazing things with anything on <laughs> any number of wheels. <laughs> it is good great job, fun. <laughs> <laughs> One of the beauties of Halo was taking the Warthog where it wasn't meant to go. There we go. <laughs> Always getting into the stages of the level where we, we've made this door just too small for the Warthog, so you want to do the next bit on foot. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I You'd will be spend amazed. five minutes squeezing through that door. You'd be amazed what I can do with a perfectly placed plasma grenade to put this warthog up on its end, flip it through this corner, and then land it on its wheels on the other side. That's a dedication to dickery, <laughs> really, isn't it? That's just high-end being a knob for the sake of it. Because I only, I have never played through Halo single-player. Only co-op. Not? Really? All right. Only co-op. Oh. Uh, because the first night I got it, it was, uh, I had a mate around and he was like, oh, let's play a bit before I go home. And then we finished it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. That was my first time playing through Halo was co-op. And after that, I could never bring myself to go, oh, I'll do single player now. The first Halo single player experience I'm having is playing through Halo 3 now. Yeah. Because I played through Halo yeah. 2 co-op as well. And we were unwilling to let go of this warthog. <laughs> because... <laughs> He could stand on the back with the gun and I could drive, and it was the best way to clear through that map. But Bungie really didn't want us to have the Warthog at this particular stage, and 
an argument ensued with a plasma grenade, and we won. <laughs> well done. Get creative. Which offends me. <laughs> In Mass Effect, there yeah. is a stage where they make you leave the Mako behind by putting an invisible wall in place. Right. Because I hate that. I have found how to get the Mako through that gap, but there is a, an invisible wall. If there was not an invisible wall there, I would have the Mako for the stage where you first meet the Geth Armature. Fuck him. I know exactly yeah. the point you mean. Yeah. Yep. Die. That fucking armature. Actually, yep. those ghosts. Mm. I hate Geth ghosts. But that's... That's another show that we've already show. done an yeah. episode Go on. Go play Mass Effect. It's probably cheap on Steam. <gasps> Holy shit. We didn't mention Careful. Steam. Sorry. Don't we didn't mention Steam in the last episode. No. I feel... Because there guilty. are no Star Trek games on it. Incorrect. Star Trek Online. Oh yeah, that's true. That is on Steam. And yes. Star Trek DAC, which is rubbish. Yeah, but Star Trek Online is there, no, and it's great. The good ones apart from online. Yeah, which well, I can't play. Yeah, no. Um, and Troy needs to play because I'm only a few ranks off Vice Admiral now. I've nearly, I'm nearly at Endgame. I, I need to get my uh, my tactical out. Fucking love playing tactical. I know it's great fun. Pick that thing and kill it to death. But uh, that's not Halo. No. So, Mike, keep us on topic. Yeah. What's, what's your favourite multiplayer section? Go on. Although the AI, awesome, we'll come to that. Yeah. Favourite Halo moment? Because there's some abuse uh, out there. I don't know. All yes, of my do. No, all of my favourite moments are from 3. Because I, I was small when we got this. <laughs> so it was always just me and my friends just dicking around. I can't remember anything special. Do you know, one of my favourite moments, just oddly, it's a small thing, but it's when you're crawling around in the vents on board the Pillar of Autumn right at the beginning, right. and you come to the grate uh, with your light still on, uh-huh. and there's a grunt, and you quickly flick it off. It's that belief that that matters. Yeah. It's an oddly claustrophobic feeling yes. when you're at that vent and they're outside. But right. I've experimented. And the knowledge... It doesn't matter. Yeah, but the knowledge that you can take them there, yeah. or you can go for the stealthy option... Mm. Because, let's be fair, by that point, you've probably got your hands on the battle rifle. Yep. Uh, you've got enough pistol ammo that it doesn't matter. Yep. You can stealth your way through that level, mm. but you're going to meet them anyway, and you're going to kill them and jig your way through an entire Covenant army before the end of the game, so fuck that grunt. And that is when I burst out of the vent and shoot everyone. Did you shout anything when you did it? Maybe. Did you really? Because I, I always thought it was just me. <laughs> when, when, no, 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 no! Come on! Help me out here. When, you have, when you're playing... Listeners, come on. When you're playing a single-player game, right, and you're about to do something really fucking cool, yep. and this is true of Halo or Call of Duty or Half-Life, whatever, <laughs> you've got something really awesome planned, yep. and no one is around to share it with you. Do you not still kind of go, yeah? Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, Mike will vouch for the fact that before you turned up, I was playing F1 2010, and I was doing a flying lap in qualifying, so it really mattered, mm-hmm. and there was Kobayashi in front of me. And That's he swerved it. in my way, and I was like, going, Kobayashi, what the, the fuck way. are you doing? Get the fuck out of my way! Wait, are you saying you failed the Kobayashi test? No, I passed. No. Oh, oh, he, pass. he passed. <laughs> I changed the rules. Oh. <laughs> uh, Kobayashi crashed, not you. And of course, as you raised my, the AI, yeah, let's come back to that. Mm. Because that is something that did really stand out with Halo. And uh, we're talking about things Halo was known for and advancements it brought to the genre. The big one for me was when you shot an elite, the commanders, all of the little spods would stop shooting you and run around like retards trying to get away. 
Yeah, it's they genuinely did have um, a command structure where you could decapitate the command and throw them into panic, which was great. You'd never was that would never been used before. Had it? No, that was, that was uh, the first time. It was unique. That was new as well, and the AI was surprisingly smart at trying to flank you, for example, the elites especially. Squad mates, the marines, they'd pick sensible targets. Yep, and sensible firing positions. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's worrying how military they felt. No, it was great. No, no, it was great, but it was like, where is this coming from? I've never seen this in a game before, because you compare yeah. it to the AI in Opposing Forces, which, which was, was good. First Don't get me time. wrong, it was good, but it could only handle about four people at once. Which is why you only ever got four at a time. <laughs> exactly. But the Marines in Halo, you could have 20, 30 Marines assuming in an area. Assuming you kept them alive. Assuming you kept them alive. You'd start with that number. And they would work as, as a cohesive whole. Mm. As just a, a, a random point, who voiced one of the Marines? What, in the original Halo? In the original? Well, no one, especially in the original, I don't think. But in Halo 2... Nathan, are you trying to get to Nathan Fillion? Who he does voice a marine in Halo Three, and he's in ODST as well. And he's in Halo Two as well, wasn't he? And in Reach, and in Reach, he wasn't in Two, I don't think. And Katie Sackhoff from Battlestar Galactica also has played a marine. Really? Yep. I just sprouted. And uh, Trisha Helfer is in one of them, I believe. She's six from Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, probably some snooty AI bitch. Probably. In ODST, it was like your entire Spartan team is Mm. the crew. Yeah. But AI were genius. What was... The AI was really, really good in the the original Halo. It's not quite to the point that they show off in the demo where at one point they had it where Spartans would recognise that they were going to lose a fight and they would voluntarily surrender and you could take prisoners, which I was really psyched for. But never came to pass. But then they, it didn't make sense for them to surrender anyway. I think they actually took it out, not for technical reasons, but because it was a religious war. Yes. <laughs> they were going to die to a man. They were defending. zealots. And yeah. we know that the, from Halo 2 that the elites take this shit seriously, yeah. seriously enough that if they think they've been betrayed, they will turn against the Covenant and ally with the humans. Yep. Spoiler, Spoiler warning. warning. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> that was another one with the Marines, because when they were almost dead... They used to just go crazy and oh, yeah. run out and kill everything that they could before they died. Yep. I loved that. It they, they died quickly. away in grenades. It also meant they died quickly and got out of my way. <laughs> I also like that they genuinely could be wound up and get angry. If things were going against you, they would get in worse and worse mood. Or if they kept getting hit by that same goddamn sniper. Yep, that too. God damn it. <laughs> so you really felt in the midst of something. It was well done. Much more than in any previous game, I think. I think in Opposing Force, it felt like resource management. Mm. It was, okay, medic, stand here. Heavy weapons guy, stand here, cover this position. You felt like you were leading around not so much a team as a group of resources. Dickheads. Whereas the Marines, they did their own damn thing, but they were really glad to see you. The one difference, uh, the, the one real letdown in the Marine AI was never let a marine on the back of your warthog because they will spend 20 minutes trying to shoot down a butterfly. <laughs> but shit. fuck that butterfly, man. Well, whilst a ghost is strafing you. Yeah, but the fucking butterfly. I don't, I don't think you what... understand the gravity of the situation. A butterfly on Halo? <laughs> you, 
I don't know what is with the targeting acquisition for those fuckers, but... It was spaff. Uh, Bless them. They tried. And the other thing you definitely wanted to bring up, and I've just remembered a couple I want to bring up myself, like, <laughs> I don't know, The Flood. But first of all, we'll deal with 343 Guilty Spark. Oh, he's so awesome. He is awesome. What? He's one of the greatest characters in the Halo franchise. You're doing that on purpose. No, I genuinely love 343. What? And there is a reason that there is... The the studio Microsoft has set up to continue the Microsoft legacy is Studio 343. Everyone loves Guilty Spark. Who are these people and how can I hurt them? Everybody. You are the only one who doesn't like Guilty Spark. Am I really? I don't think I am. (laughs) I don't think I'm the only person out there who detests that floating ball of wank. I am Guilty Spark 343, human dickhead relations. <laughs> this is my counterpart, the Halo. How may I wreck your shit today? Oh, by the way, you've put. By the point it gets to Halo 3, this is what boggles me. This is what really throws me. By Halo 3, when Guilty Spark shows up again, it's like, oh, great, that douche nozzle. Because you guys are there going, 343, I'm there going, it's that cock. They brought him back because he's a fan favourite. They brought him back because he's a fan favourite, but I'm there going, it's that cock. He's going to betray me. <laughs> and then the chief goes, oh my god, he betrayed us for somehow. Somehow? <laughs> well, that's what it fucking felt does like. He, does he little... do that in every Halo game? He yes! Yes! Exactly! He does. His only purpose is to fucking bend you over the table and molest you <laughs> with a galaxy-spanning weapon! It's, it's That's just what he's built for! Is. It's like you're running around gunning everything down and he's floating above your head going... Hum, 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 hum. God, I, could, I, I wish I could have shot him out of the sky when he was humming, chasing me and humming. I love that. What? Is it... No! Come on, in reality, when you're trying to concentrate on something, should I lean over your shoulder and hum? You do. I do! Isn't it annoying? I'm lovely most of the time, but when I hum, don't you want to put me through a window? Hello, Guilty Spark 343, are you humming? Let me introduce you to my friend, Defenestrator! God! There's wonderful outtake material that was never used of, you know, the um, the hospital? Mm-hmm. The field hospital scene? Mm-hmm. Yep. Of uh, 343 bimbling through the hospital, giving <laughs> medical advice to all the doctors. <laughs> Because oh, he wait. knows better than that. So he's smug and superior Brilliant. even when he's not talking to the Kilimanjig. Yep. Fuck! <laughs> it's just when, when Master Chief and Cortana first find out that the things, that Halo is a weapon and it's going to yeah. kill everything. And Spoiler warning. Like, yeah, Halo is a weapon that destroys the universe. If you haven't played <laughs> Halo, come on. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, Oh yeah, it's definitely going to kill everything. It's got a radius of 25 million light years and it'll kill everything in the galaxy. But you already knew that, didn't you? Really? Oh. Did you not know that? Oh, but I thought you were one of the forerunners. We are the reclaimer. Yes. Because mm. the forerunners, funnily enough, predestination and so forth yep. keeps cropping up. Mm-hmm. Seriously, Halo plot. So good. It's really good. And 343, three, very fun. And he's a recurring element. He is essentially, he's the monitor of the Halo installation, to explain. And he is a little floating orb of AI who bimbles around, making sure everything's running fine. I don't think it's coincidence he's shaped like a testicle. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's shaped like a testicle in a cage, Troy. <laughs> yes. And Funny that. We've covered that Halo is a weapon, so whilst we're on the spoiler line, let's, let's talk go. about what it's a weapon to destroy. The Flood. I hate the Flood. I think everyone does, do. and that's why they're a good enemy. Yeah. Because when you play those segments, you're like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm down to my last 12 pistol ammo. I've got to hit the big guy so he detonates and takes out the swarm around me. Holy shit. When you're actually thinking about ammo resource management in yep. a game like Halo, because yeah. of an enemy, I think they switch up to fight between the Covenant and the Flood really well. Yes, because the Covenant are, as we were talking, a classic shooter bad guy. They are aliens running around with guns who are trying to shoot you back. I hate those guys. The Flood turn Halo into a survival horror zombie film. Yeah. Yep. They are a biological yes. infection, parasitic entity that run around and uh, take over host organisms. So you not only have to fight the little infections, but the big things that have been infected. And <laughs> they become, you can fight them in swarm, you can fight them as big tank creatures. They come in many varieties and they are all unpleasant. And their effect on humans is unpleasant. Travelling through the innards of one of their ships is unpleasant. And this is one of the failings of the Xbox version. The the ultimate anti-flood weapon is the flamethrower, which is not available. Which you don't get. Because the game was, it was slightly rushed to release. The last quarter wait, of wait, the wait, game... Wait. Are you saying that you don't get the flamethrower in the Xbox... 360 version? No, in the Xbox version. Oh, We're not the talking X- about Sorry. three, Troy. Sorry, because I remember the I remember the flamethrower from three. We're talking about Halo Combat Evolved. Sorry, uh, which was slightly rushed to market in time for the Xbox launch. This is the one real downside of Microsoft buying Bungie, is that the game could have been so much better. Because as you will remember, the last quarter of the game or so is retracing your yeah. steps back through some of the levels that you've already done to the same reuse the art assets backwards. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have the flamethrower, which you really need. That's why you end up doing inventory management with your ammo, because you can't burn the motherfuckers. In a way, I think that's but it still a works blessing well. in a way. It does, and the shotgun is a very good secondary weapon for fighting the blood. <laughs> <laughs> Sniper rifle shotgun. Go team. <sighs> really? Yes. That's what we used to do. Battle rifle. Sat down. Battle rifle is the finest weapon in shooters. And in Halo 2, when I got a scope? Yeah. Even better. <laughs> no kidding. DMR in reach. I prefer it. Single shot. More powerful. I like it. I don't really know what a DMR is. It's I have it from the a reliable source that a DMR rifle. is a choice of, um, like, dicks. Hi. I was really <laughs> trying to go for something more insulting. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised to find there was nothing waiting there for me. Tiredness and drink has blunted your knife. Try more drink. Blunt your knife. (laughs) So what have we got? We've got Mm. an epic storyline. Epic. Truly epic. And what's in the game is enough to get you interested in the universe, but you do have to look outside the game to really satisfy that um, particular part of the universe. Hmm. But you have an epic storyline that you just, you see the tip of the iceberg in the game, and it is enough to let you know there is something going on below the surface. It, it appeals to the drunken frat boy crowd, because the, the game itself just goes, hey, here's some bad guys, shoot them. And mm. here's a story, but you can skip this part. Yeah, but, but if also, you want, here's a book. Yeah, exactly. But it's also the origination of every 
popular shooter. Yeah. All of it started this is, in that game. This is what I was going to awesome. say. You've got incredible plot. Don't look at me. But you've like also that. got a redefinition of what a shooter on a console is. Right. You have GoldenEye 2. You have an incredible amount of technological advancement. You have the archetype to which most shooters have strived since, on at least on consoles. Hmm. My only complaint with the, the franchise, the series, is. From what I've played of 2 and 3, it seems to be what we were talking about with Mass Effect before. It's becoming more and more the console game. As the frat party becomes the main buying power, the multiplayer has become more and more the focus. The single player has suffered somewhat. Right. In Reach, it's a thousand times worse. (laughs) Oh dear. Well, to be fair, that's because that was what they were... They were building it for it. I, I still do enjoy the game. Mm. I I was willing to pay the money just to get the map editor. <laughs> I forgot the what forge. It's called. Forge. That's it. At this point, this is why I didn't buy Halo Three because it had become all about the multiplayer. You borrowed it off me, you shit. I borrowed it off you. I want it um, back. You'll you'll get it back. I just need to finish it. Uh, and it has become all about the multiplayer. And at that point. What was keeping me invested in Halo was the storyline, and I was getting much more out of the books than out of the games. Hmm. But that has always been the case. That has always been the case, but the single-player campaign wasn't almost overlooked in Halo 1 and 2. I think, well, I can say from experience, the single-player campaign... Pardon me, now this is is kind of defending it with a double-edged sword here, but the single-player campaign in Halo 3 is amazing... If you play it through co-op. And this, yeah. again, might be my problem, is I played Halo 1 right. and 2 co-op, and Halo 3 I'm playing single-player. Do you want me to come around and do co-op? I think you? it's the other way around. It'll be brilliant. Yeah, I think maybe we need to. <laughs> and that's where the story comes in. Mm. I, I thought you'd have to remind me here. Yes. But no, it's relevant now. What happened? And you said it's it's wonderful once we've talked about it and we're winding down the show, so let's let's end on this. The, the, the Paul I mentioned earlier, not to kind of... <laughs> It's almost an air of menace there, really, isn't there? The Paul <laughs> I mentioned earlier, um, when Halo 3 came out, basically, he's a massive Halo fan for the same reasons that we are. Mm. And um, when Halo 3 was announced, he was excited. And when Halo 3's launch date came out, he went, Troy, I'm booking this day off work for you. Now, I used to work for Paul. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, why? And he went, Halo 3's coming out. And I went, all right, I'm going to buy it. Right, get your Xbox, you're coming around mine. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. And you can gather where this went. Yes, I yeah. can. The marathon happened. Funnily now, enough, it didn't start with marathon, did it? No, tragically, <laughs> because it, we're both quite big bastards. Uh, I, I say it not so much as kind of a statement of we're uh, you know, terrifying and well-endowed, we're just most bastards, really. And... Um, what happens? We decided we were going to play through all three Halo games on Legendary. Stop giggling. I'm laughing at him because he's almost laughing. Don't laugh at him. He's not funny. He's not laughing. No, I'm not at all. Uh, I'm trying. Never. No, right. Fine. I've lost him. Anyway, the three, the, the two of us, the three of us. No, the three of us are in this room. The two of us were about three years ago, four years ago. It doesn't matter. Right. Nine. We were playing Halo. And we decided we were going to play Halo all the way through. We were going to yes. give it the marathon. We stopped only for two things. 
peeing and tea. And the two things were often related. We didn't even stop to eat. And this becomes significant because we reached the 25-hour mark by the time we finished Fucking Halo 3. Hell. But it was, it was actually astounding because we played Halo 1. And for whatever reason, we could not actually link Xbox to Xbox for Halo 1 and Halo 2. We could not play them on separate screens. And it was like, ah, it's annoying, but whatever. We, we're dedicated to the cause. Yeah. So we played Halo 1, Halo 2. Multiplayer, uh, sorry, co-op, single player. That seems such a bizarre thing to say, but we, play, we played them through it. And then Halo 3. And I don't know if it was a combination of I got my own screen, but Halo 3, damn, it's pretty. <laughs> yeah. it, it is a game which just took advantage of everything the Xbox 360 had on it and, and spanked it around the table for a while. But it was also incredibly compelling. And as a multiplayer, single-player storytelling experience, you suddenly had this investment in the character of the Elite, who yeah. uh, the Arbiter, yeah. who was tagged along with the Master Chief to kind of take advantage of uh, what's happening on Earth. And he's an interesting character, because he originates in Halo 2. and I, He was in Halo 1, but you don't meet yes, him. Yeah. yeah, and he has continuity. He flows through the storyline, and he has his own arc that climaxes at the same time as Chief's. It's kind of like in the same way that he appears in Halo 1, but you don't meet him till later. You meet the Arbiter in Halo 2. You also yep. meet Sergeant Major Johnson <laughs> in Halo 2. He knows what the lady's like. Well, you but, met him uh, in one. Yeah, he's in one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you don't really meet him as a character. And he's another great example of how there is a lot more storyline outside of the game because Johnson is a Spartan 2. Exactly. And that never comes up. Oh no, he's Spartan One. You're Spartan he's Two. Origi- yeah, he's original era Spartans. Yep. Chief Mendez never comes up in the game either, does nope, he? No, never. And he's an awesome character. Well, he's kind of Johnson, but with slightly larger testicles. Huge cock on this. <laughs> I don't but, want to see Johnson with larger testicles. Yeah. The the the, the epic multiplayer gaming that is. I I, th- and I thoroughly suggest this for completion's sake, for the feather in your cap, for the achievements you will unlock. For the sense of satisfaction that comes after 25 hours of gaming. It does not take that long to fly from England to New Zealand. It takes 21 hours to go that far. Okay, 25 hours of gaming and we did not sleep or eat during the entire goddamn thing. We finished Halo 1, 2, and 3 on Legendary. We were men that day. Yep. Huge men, 12 feet tall, covered in chainsaws. And the end of Halo 3 is really disappointing. Just as heads up. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was kind of a trend. I don't know. The end of 2 was actually pretty satisfying. But... Well, really? Because 2 is the one that most people complain about, and I hate, because it doesn't end. It stops. Yeah. Ah, 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 ah. Empire Strikes Back. It's, as a film, it's got a shitty ending. Correct. But you know that's because... It's leading to something. Yeah, but it's a shitty ending. Correct. Yeah. But you do, no. How many people hold up Empire as the greatest Star Wars film? Yeah, but it is the best Star Wars film. It doesn't have the best ending. No, but it, it is the best Star Wars film. No, it doesn't. I'm completely agreeing with you here. <laughs> but then why way, are you arguing? No, no, so, so you're both, you're both simultaneously <laughs> proving and disproving my point. <laughs> Empire is the greatest film because it leads to Jedi: The Completion of whatever. Jedi fucking... Where's Boba Fett's black conk? That whole mess! 
Jabba's Palace. I'm going off on one. Yeah, you are. Um, That's now three shows in a row we've ranted about the trilogy. I know. That's because there's so much with love and hate as he both loves and hates himself. I can tie it into classic fantasy. There we go. What was I talking about? I don't know. Stop it. I'm sorry. I'm quite, (laughs) quite drunk now. I'm very sorry. (laughs) What's next on the list? Nothing. I forgot what I got all worked up about. You were proving my point about something? Come on, remind me. I'll get to it. No. No, I think we should wrap up at this point. Final piece of trivia. Do you know why it was called Combat Evolved? No! Ask me on the forums! Go to the forums! Troy, what were you talking about? Because I listen to the shows. I always love to listen to them afterwards. I'm gonna get, I, I like to hear what the listeners are hearing. I like to know how we come across. At the Star Trek episode, great. I loved that one. And I want to know what this one sounds like. And I'm going to look back on it and go, oh, I don't remember saying that. And it's going to come to this part, and we're going to hear the bit where I go, hang on a second, what was it talking about? Oh my God, I'm a genius! Only if Simon leaves it in the edit. He'd better leave it in the end because there's so much talking happening. Please leave it in the end. But go to the forum, simplysyndicated.com, forum, go, gadget. We were on there, we're listening, and we communicate regularly. There's no listener mail for this episode. No. I'm so sad. So write to us to prevent Troy from being sad. I'm the new guy. I don't feel I should be feeling, I don't think I should be reading the mail till later (laughs) on. No, you're a member of the team. It's established. Awesome. Canon. But yes, leave us with that last bit of trivia. Why was it called Combat Evolved? Only for the Japanese market. Because a Japanese market has got a lot of things called Halo in it. Uh So they called it Halo Combat Evolved to stand it out on the shelves. And that's really interesting. For some reason, they just left it on the packets for everywhere else. I did not know that. That's actually really interesting. interesting. Because it's especially interesting when you look at Microsoft attempting to make a foothold in the Japanese gaming industry, which is hugely insular. That's actually really yep. good trivia to leave it on. Fantastic. Good Lovely. to have you on board, Mike. Yay! <laughs> so that has been World 1 Stage 1. I have been Simon. I've been Troy. I have been drinking. <laughs> good night. <laughs> that was World 1 Stage 1. Visit our website at world1stage1.com. Join our forum. Send us an email. Or follow us on Twitter at W1S1. And, of course, our thanks go to Power Glove for our theme tune. <laughs>